But anyway, it, oh, Matthew, I mean, excuse me, uh, oh, we're looking at uh, Psalm 18 here. But, um, oh, I was reading after uh, E.W. Kenyon, oh, um, the, uh, Jesus the Healer, and just some things just jumped out that I'd seen several times before, and you just kind of forget about it sometimes. And, uh, but none of us have any different redemption. My redemption is the same redemption that my mother here has. I mean, hers is no better than mine. Mine's no better than hers. God has no favorites. I mean, he doesn't, you know. Oh, the difficulty lies in uh, whether or not I believe in my redemption any more than someone else does. It's the same redemption, you know. It's ours. And we get a snapshot here of David. Oh, and of course, this is useless to me, thinking that it has something to do with back then. And I think a lot of that comes from, watch this, I'm going to scroll up a little bit. A lot of times we think, oh, isn't that wonderful? But theologists have put this in here. People that study uh, theology, I have a religion degree too, and I don't really <laughs> don't give it much credit because I was there for four years. I could have went for three more, and uh, we were studying uh, about what men said about the Bible and not really the Bible. And uh, I don't want to spend much time on that right now because I like to dedicate my time preaching just to the Word of God. But just for instance, look at this. Psalm 18. You won't find this in your Bible in most cases. It does not give all this kind of detail. But this one does. It says, David praised God for his manifold and marvelous blessings. That's not a scripture. Somebody added that, okay? Well, great. A lot of times we, sometimes we think the word manifold. Oh, wow. Well, to a car guy, that belongs to a part of the engine. What in the world is manifold? I don't use that in my terminology today, talking to people, unless I'm talking about a car. Even then, I might not call it a manifold. And then we get marvelous blessings. Well, that almost sounds real churchy. You know, it does. But I tell you what, I don't call marvelous blessings when something great happens in my life and God has done it. I just get excited and I just start laughing. I'm full of, I'm just, I'm, I'm okay. I was not okay and all of a sudden I'm all right, you know. But anyway, look at this next part. This is still not even a scripture. To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord. I mean, where are we going with this? See, already some people can check out and say, well, I don't know. This was just not me or whatever. And then it says, who spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, that is not in the scriptures. Somebody added that. And uh, uh, some go so far. Well, anyway, uh, yes, David did uh, have to uh, run from Saul. And the stories are there listed in 1 Samuel. You can see them very plainly. And uh, uh, many times you'll find Psalm, uh, uh, Psalm 9 or Psalm 3 or Psalm whatever. They'll name it and they'll give a little glimpse. Let's say this is when Absalom, his, his son, was trying to kill him. And it may or may not be. The only thing we know for sure is that David is constant. And it did, it, I do not believe for a second that all of a sudden he had this psalm just like it was a miracle. It just come up for this one instant. Because that's going to drive us to the position that, well, maybe this psalm will not work for me. And that's ridiculous. This psalm David knew because he had already defeated the lion and the bear as a young lad and was ready to take on Goliath and didn't think anything of it. So anyway, 
let's just ignore this other part up here. And some Bibles, as you say, even I, I believe even, uh, well, we'll just check one. Here's one here. We're looking at Psalm 18, this big one that we use up here on the Lord's table, we like to say. Uh, I'm going to look it up. I know what I'm talking about here. And, uh, yeah, this one here has a little information at the top here, but my other one uh, won't have that information. But anyway, nonetheless, let's go right to the Scripture. The Scripture is, verse 1, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Now, already as an American and in hearing things on, shall we say, the Hallmark Channel or maybe Little House on the Prairie or other things in my upbringing, it's kind of like I went too far already because I need to be more humble. I don't need to be talking about what the Lord can do for me. Well, that's wrong. That's where we messed up. And that's the reason everybody else is going after cigarettes, going after drugs, going after other things, because people in this world are having trouble. You and I are having trouble, and we've got to find a way out. David gave us a beautiful opportunity here oh, and had it down to where it's called a song so that we would sing it and we would memorize it and know what the Lord would do for us. I will love thee. And there's nothing you can do about this. You can't say, well, you just love God because he's your crutch. Well, yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. You think I would stay with my mom and dad if they didn't take care of me? Are you kidding me? If they beat me up all the time, a dog is smarter than that. A dog's not going to keep coming around if he keeps getting kicked. You know, It's ridiculous for us to lose our faith in an abundant, uh, provisional God that has given us all this grace just because we're trying to be humble. David said, I'll love thee, O Lord, my strength. Verse 2, he is my, again, he's called a rock. David, I mean, we need to talk about how you've become a better Christian and how you've learned to get over anger and how you, let me tell you something, we need to learn how to get over our problems. we got some enemies out there. First Peter chapter 5 says, your adversary the devil seeking whom he may devour. The devil is on the attack. And we have got to put up our shields. David said, the Lord's my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. Now let's stop right there a moment. Trust. Trust what? You know, the book of Isaiah says that uh, they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be what? Weary. Even the youth, he says, will grow weary. But they that wait upon the Lord, you know. Many times we read that and we think immediately. It's the way it is we do with all Scripture. When you read a Scripture, the first thing you'll think is, that's not for me. And that is the blindness that's in the world. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. When you choose not to believe Scripture, even though you might think, you're being humble. Or you might think there is a reason that God will not do what he says in his word for you. That is ridiculous. That's the enemy trying to take the Bible from you. And you should recognize that and go, I'm not listening to that. You should be your own favorite preacher. When you read John 3.16, would you ever say that's not for you? No, because you've been taught over and over and over again that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know in your heart you're not going to hell. You know it. Why? Because you've trained yourself when you hear those words saying, you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it. You stop and you say, no, 
I am going to make it because God so loved the world, he gave Jesus for me, and I'm going to heaven. It's the same thing here. I will love the Lord because he is my strength. And I'm going to switch to the living Bible. Uh, uh, because, you know, he goes down here and he says, I will trust he's my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Now watch this. This is, this is just fantastic. Uh, just to make sure. Uh, here we go. Verse, uh, verse 1. Uh, let's see. Lord, how I love you, for you have done such tremendous things for me. I mean, again, nothing wrong with that. You know, First John, first John tells us that we love him, chapter 4 does, because he first loved us. You know, sometimes we get the cart before the horse and we feel like, you know, God's not going to do anything until I prove myself. Again, now you're really treading on eggshells because it's not by works of righteousness which we have done that he saved us. It was his work. By grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. Now watch this. The Lord is my fort where I can enter and be saved. Now, let's think a minute. I'm closed-minded. I only think the Bible's talking about going to heaven. Well, I got a real problem here <laughs> because who would I be afraid of? Jesus one time saying, well, you're in my hands, and I don't think so, Richard. I don't think you're going to heaven today. You know, we don't believe in no devil. It's just God and me, you know. And so... Uh, is this what he's talking about? The Lord's my fort against the Lord? You have an enemy out there. A third of all the angelic hosts, according to Revelation chapter 12, have fallen. They are now termed demons in the scriptures. The book of Revelation still calls them angels, but they're fallen angels. There's a lot of voices out there. <clears throat> the Bible goes so far as to say there are many antichrists. And we have to check these voices out. The Lord is my fort where I can enter in and be safe. You have a little voice here that says, there's no place you can go. You're doomed right now. Well, you need to deal with that voice. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 10 says the weapons of our warfare. Weapons, yeah. We know what weapons are. Are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, those thoughts would be against this. The Bible teaches me the Lord is my fort where I can enter and be safe. So for me to believe something else is ridiculous. Someone else is forcing me to try to believe that I do not have any way to go. I'm going to be in trouble this week. I'm going to be in all kinds of problems. No, look at this. The next he goes on and says, no one can follow me in and slay me. Hallelujah. Now, we know a little bit about this when we think about sanctuary. Where did he go? He's in the church. You know, we hear, he's safe right there. You can't touch these people. Whatever. <laughs> he is my rugged mountain where I can hide. He is my savior. A rock where none can reach me, and a tower of safety. So far, all of this is just physical problems, physical problems. And where does that leave us today when we believe that Jesus can only take us to heaven and we don't pray about everything like the Bible says we're supposed to, and everything by prayer? I mean, there's difficulties that come, sometimes small difficulties, and you can let things bother you. I know I was riding with Melody yesterday, and I was getting sunburned and a little bit, and oh, I was kind of concerned about a little bump on my arm. Kind of been thinking about it all day long. I thought that poison ivy, well, I've been on there for several days, nothing like poison ivy. 
just kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it, thinking about it, until finally, uh, after I sat down one time, I was thinking, you know, Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried away my diseases. I'm sitting here thinking about the problem that might develop on my skin when I need to be thinking about Jesus Christ bore my sicknesses and carried away my diseases. And then out the window went those thoughts. I'm not worried about those things. The same thing can be concerning finances or trouble that you may uh, think you're going to face because of a lack of money in your life. Notice this. He's my shield. He is like the strong horn of a mighty fighting bull. Remember, the King James says, he's the horn of my salvation. Wow. And then he says, all I need to do is cry to him. Oh, praise the Lord. I am saved from all my enemies. Oh, but wait a minute. This is just David. Oh, what's it doing in my Bible? I have a real problem with this, thinking that things are written just for me to study history. Although I tell you what, the Bible is one of our most uh, profound history books. The things that are listed in that Bible, praise God, people have gone back and found out these things actually took place. The historic events. Let's keep going here. All I need to do is cry to him. Oh, praise the Lord. And I'm saved from all my enemies. Death bound me with chains, and the floods of ungodliness mounted a massive attack against me. Trapped and helpless, I struggled. The ropes, uh, excuse me, the, uh, uh, I struggled. The ropes that drew me on to death. In my distress, I screamed to the Lord for his help. And he heard me from heaven, and my cry reached his ears. I tell you, we've got to work on these things. Psalm 3 says, you know, that, uh, I called upon the Lord, and he heard me. Will we trust that God hears us? I, I, I want to give you, for instance, here, let's go uh, over here to, uh, uh, I mean, get going again. Let's see. Let's do this. That's what I want. We'll come back to this. Uh, let's go to, let's go to Mark. Oops, I got a new testament to Mark. No, here we go. Mark, Mark chapter, let's see. It's, uh, it's 10, uh, but no, it's going to be 11. Okay, let me scroll down here a little bit. Uh, let's see. Oh. I'll get it. Nine. Okay, hang on. Just one second. We're about to get it. Okay. Okay. I'm getting there. Hold on. Mm. All right. Here it is. Trying to get the part of my ass here. Here we go. <clears throat> as, so, uh, yeah. So they reached Jericho. Later, as they left town, a great crowd was following. Now, it happened that a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road as Jesus was going by. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus from Nazareth was near, oh, oh, what I do here? Oops, oops, oops. Oh, I'm in the wrong spot. Okay, we were in chapter 10. One second, let's go find us again. It's at the bottom. Here it is. Okay. Oh, and click over here. Now I can roll Okay. Uh, when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus uh, from Nazareth was near, he began to shout out. Remember, David said, I will call upon the Lord, and he he I called upon the Lord, and he heard me. Okay. Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was near. He began to shout out, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Look at this. Living Bible. Shut up. 
Some of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted the louder. Again and again, oh, son of David, have mercy on me. I mean, you got tune out everybody else. Even tune out your own thoughts saying, he's not hearing me. He's not hearing me. He's not hearing me. Now, remember, Jesus wasn't walking, you know, arm's length away here. And this was when Jesus was coming in, riding on that donkey. You know, people are uh, shouting and hollering. When Jesus heard him, he stopped there in the road and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind male, the, the blind man said, you, you lucky fellow. <laughs> Let's think a minute. Why do you think this story is in here? Do we need another healing here to prove us? Well, no, you know, I needed this blind guy to be healed to really tell me this was Jesus. This is really the Son of God. And I've already figured it out by now. I'm already involved in why in the world did he do this? Why do we even have his name here? Because his name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And if you'll do what Bartimaeus did here, it's the same thing in Psalm 18. Look at this. You lucky fellow, they said. Come on, he's calling you. I mean, if I was on the way, I said, you guys are so sorry. You told me a minute ago to shut up. I'm glad I don't listen to y'all. And I'm heading to Jesus. I'm heading to Jesus. Bartimaeus yanked off his old coat and flung it aside, jumped up and came to Jesus. Now, I want you to get a grip on what Jesus said here. Anybody would have known he needed healing. Why didn't Jesus just say, I bet you need your sight. That's all I can do. I'm limited here. No. We serve the king of the ages. And I don't care what kind of trouble you're in. And I don't know what it is you need. But your heavenly father does. And he's got it. And he's not going to go broke. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. Oh, teacher, the blind man said, I want to see. Jesus said to him, all right, it's done. Your faith has healed you. All right, it's done. Your faith has healed you. And instantly the blind man could see and follow Jesus uh, down the road. I'll go to the 11th chapter in just a moment. Just looking here at the, at, the, um, at the King James Version. Look down here at verse uh, uh, 20. Uh, uh, Anyway, verse 24. Uh, he said, look at this. Listen to me. Now, King James says, what, he says, um, uh, in all things you ask him, no, that's not right. Um, um, King James says, Mark 11, 24, what things serve you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Key is, believe you receive them, and you shall have them, of course, when you pray. Look at this, the Living Bible. Listen to me. You can pray for anything. And if you believe you have it, it's yours. Now, that gets all of us because a lot of times I don't believe I have it. I mean, I'm like, it's the reason I need somebody's help. I don't believe I have it. So i got to have a change of attitude and believe I have it once I pray. Kind of like Psalm 18. The Lord is my strength. Instead of, I wish he would give me strength. I believe I have it. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my fortress. Nobody can come in here and slay me. I have it. Jesus said, if you believe you have it, it's yours. Wow. Are these things true? Yes, they're true. They belong to us. All these things are true. I go back to uh, uh, Psalm 18 here. 
you know, you can't go from Psalm 18 to Psalm 50-something and go, well, boy, these are just, they're opposite. No, they're going to be the same. They're going to be the same. So we go on down here and say, he is the strong horn of a mighty fighting bull. All I need to do is cry to him like Bartimaeus. Oh, praise the Lord, for I am saved from all my enemies. You know, we better get this. All means all. Death bound me with chains, and the floods of ungodly men mounted a massive attack against me. Trapped and helpless, I struggled against the ropes that drew me on to death. In my distress, I screamed to the Lord for his help. Well, Richard, maybe there's not a lot of people that are coming after me. Maybe it's something else. Well, just plug it in. It works the same. These group of massive men that are coming to get you, they're going to be massive thoughts trying to just tell you all the time, you'll never get over something. It might even be you feel like, you know, you're overwhelmed because you're losing the, the proper use of your eye or your arm, or maybe you're starting to sense when you lay there in bed, I've done this before, and you're breathing and you hear something rattle in them lungs. You're like, oh, no, I wonder what that is. What if it's cancer? Well, what if it is? Don't worry. Jesus Christ, make us be whole. The earth rocked and reeled. The mountains shook and trembled. How they quaked, for he was angry. Now, why was that? Because your prayer reached God, God's ear. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth, setting fire to the earth. Now, what's all this activity? God is coming down to rescue David. Oh, how sweet. God really must love David. Remember, there's no favorites. They told Bartimaeus to shut up. Jesus didn't take that. He said, hey, Bartimaeus, come here. What do you want? Well, Bartimaeus didn't back off. He said, I, I want my side. I want my side. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth, setting fire to the earth. Smoke blew from his nostrils. You know, when you're in prayer, you need to be able to see yourself this same way, no matter what you're faced with. Your worst problem, your worst, shall we say, nightmare, whatever it is. You should be thinking, my God is on the way, and everything in his path between me and help, he's blowing out of the water. The earth is shaking. He's burning up things. He is on the way. Look at this. He bent the heavens down and came to mass defense. How many times have we seen black rolling clouds coming in and we go, woo, there comes a big storm. David used that analogy and said, here come my God. Not to blow my house away, but to blow my troubles away. He said thick darkness was beneath his feet. Oh, I can relate to these storms. I know what they feel like. I've seen these things. Mounted on, on a mighty angel, he sped swiftly to my aid with wings of wind. Oh, we think he's not coming. We think he's not going to help because of maybe something I've done or whatever. I can't think that way when I realize that Jesus paid for my sins at the same time he paid for my victory as well. He enshrouded himself with darkness, veiling his approach with dense clouds, dark as murky waters. Suddenly the brilliance of his presence broke through the clouds with lightnings and a mighty storm of hail. The Lord thundered in the heavens. The God of all gods has spoken. Oh, the hailstones. Oh, the fire. Now, remember, we have not lost what's going on here. It's God coming down to rescue you. He flashed his fearful arrows of lightning and routed all my enemies. See how they run. Then at your command, O Lord, the sea receded from the shore at the blast of your breath. The depths were laid bare. He reached down from heaven and took me and drew me out of my great trial. He rescued me from deep waters. Do you reckon David had days where he didn't believe this? 
Well, I think we all have difficulties with that, but I tell you what, David would never mention it. He'd say, he would hold on to this and say, I have got to believe my God is my deliverer. Verse 17, he delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me. I was helpless in their hands. On the day I was weakest, they attacked. Of course, we believe today, though, you never know when the Lord's going to show up. Not so with the scriptures. This is what we're supposed to believe. On the day when I was weakest, they attacked. But the Lord held me steady. He held me to a place of safety, for he delights in me. The Lord rewarded me for doing what is right. Now quit thinking because, well, I guess I'm not as good as David. Everybody knows the things David did. He did just as much mistakes as you and I did. And it wouldn't matter if he hadn't done anything. The thing that Adam had done would have plagued him all his life if it weren't for David believing in the mercy of God. I have followed his commands and have not sinned by turning back from, doing, uh, from following him. I kept, I, close wa- I kept a close watch on his laws. I did not refuse a single one. I did my best to keep them all, holding myself from doing wrong. So the Lord has paid me with his blessings. I have done what is right. I have a pure heart. He knows this, for he watches my every step. Lord, how merciful you are to those, uh, and you do not punish those who run from evil. You give your blessings to the pure, but pain to those who leave your path. You deliver the humble, but condemn the proud and the haughty ones. You have turned on my life. The Lord is my God and has made my darkness turn to light. Now, in your strength, I can scale any wall. Look at this. Attack any troop. What a God is this. How perfect in every way. All his promises prove true. He's a shield for everyone who hides behind him. Who is the God except our God? Remember that song, Who is the rock besides our Lord? Who but, is, who but He is our rock? He fills me with strength and protects me wherever I go. I mean, the fears of between here and there and what will happen tomorrow should all be gone because what am I to fear? He's with me. He gives me the sure-footedness of a mountain goat on the crags. You've seen those pictures of those goats on the sides of those mountains. You never catch me out there. That goat didn't, is not stupid. He knows he's okay. He's like, well, you just don't have the skills I do. And that's what David was saying here. We have got the skills because of Jesus to keep us from falling. He prepares me for battle and gives me strength, look at this, to draw an iron bow. You have given me your salvation as my shield. Again, this salvation is not talking about a shield against going to heaven. It's a shield against coming against all kinds of difficulties. Your right hand, O oh Lord, supports me. This whole psalm is all about me and all about my little troubles. It's okay. It's all right because God knows we're in trouble down here. He knows we've got difficulties down here. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, He said, All ye that are weak and heavy laden, said, come unto me and I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy, my burden's light. You've made wide my steps beneath my feet so that I can never slip. I've chased my enemies. I've caught up with them and did not turn back till all were conquered. I pinned them to the ground. All were helpless before me. I placed my feet upon their necks. You've armed me with a strong armor for the battle. My enemies quail before me and fall defeated at my feet. The book of Romans says, that the God of peace shall soon crush Satan underneath your feet. I think we're more than conquerors through him. Verse 40, 
You made, you made them turn and run. I destroyed all who hate me. They shouted for help, but no one dared to rescue them. They cried to the Lord, but he refused to answer them. Wow. So I crushed them as fine dust and cast them to the wind. I threw them away like the sweepings from the floor. You gave me victory in every battle. The nations came and served me, even those I didn't know come before me now and bow before me. Foreigners who have never seen me submit instantly. They come trembling from their stronghold. God is alive. Praise him who is the rock of what? Protection. Well, you reckon he'll help me if I got a little skin problem? Of course. You reckon he'll help me if I'm a little weak today or whatever? Or maybe sick at my stomach? Or any other difficulty? Yes, he will. He is a God who pays back those who harm me and subdues the nations before me. He rescues me from my enemies. He holds me safely out of their reach and saves me from these powerful opponents. For this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. Many times have you miraculously helped me. The king you appointed, you have been uh, loving and kind to me and will be to my descendants. Well, I guess this is just for me only. No, it's not. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. These things never change. These are all ours. They belong to us. Let's go real quick. Another spot here in the New Testament, then we'll close. Look at Romans 8 just a moment here. Uh, in Romans 8, you scroll down here to, uh, uh, let's see. Look at verse 31. What can we ever say to such wonderful things as this? If God is on our side, who can be against it? But see, a lot of times we'll negotiate in our thinking and we'll go, you know, yeah, but I mean, I, I really think that because, you know, God knows me. you got to quit doing that. Colossians chapter 3 says your life is hid with Christ in God. See, Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. And uh, let me come back to this. Let's look at this just a moment here. Oh, oh, we feel at times that we know more than God does. And uh, and there's and it's always an excuse for failure. Now watch this. He, he says that uh, verse thirteen. He has rescued what would take twelve. And always thankful to the Father, who's made us fit to share all the wonderful things that belong to those who live in the kingdom of God. See, God made you fit to have these blessings. You didn't earn them. Verse 13, he's rescued us, not going to, because one day Satan's not even going to be around. So how do you rescue us from something that the devil's not going to be there anyway? It's right now when we need help. He's rescued us out of darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. How can this be? Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. Jesus said go heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near to you. Well, I guess it would have been because their sickness had been staying with them, but yet when the disciples came or when you and I come and pray for somebody, I mean, the healing power of God's right there to help somebody, including yourself, you'll notice that, hey, these are things that pertain to the kingdom of God. They belong to me. Notice this. Who brought us into the kingdom of his dear son, who bought our freedom with his own blood and forgave us all our sins. Your sins are gone. They're no longer a part of your life anymore. Let me read this in King James here just a second. He's delivered us out of the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. You always have forgiveness. 
The accuser of the brethren will say, Richard cannot have this blessing because of his sin. That is a lie. I have what's called redemption. It's a document. It declares that I am free from all of my sins future, all my sins past. They're over with. In reference to healing, we see in James chapter 5, it says, And if he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven him. The Lord will raise him up. You are the only one that can deny the blessings of God because of your sin. God will not deny those things to you. I cannot earn these blessings. They're given unto me. Now, let me go back here to uh, uh, where, where we just were just one moment ago. Back to, whoops, back to Romans. There it is. Romans chapter 8 here. So if God be for us, who can be against us? Okay, uh, here we are. Um, so what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, went to the cross. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I mean, if he gave his own son for you, is there a limit? No. Verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. Who's he that condemns? It's Christ that died. Yea, rather risen again. Oh, let me switch this just a moment. Oh, go back to the living here just a moment. Make sure we're catching this right. Oh, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Will God? No. He's the one who's forgiven us and given us right standing with him. Well, who is going to condemn us? Well, Christ? No. He's the one who died for us. He came back to life again for us. Do you see where he's coming from here? And he's sitting at the place of highest honor next to God, pleading for us there in heaven. Who can ever keep Christ's love from us when we have trouble or calamity? When we're hunted down or destroyed, is it because he doesn't love us anymore? And if we're hungry or penniless or in danger or threatened with death, has God deserted us? Look at this. No. For the scriptures tell us that for his sake we must be ready to face death at every moment of the day. We're like sheep. Uh, where did we go? Uh, I scrolled off. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Yeah, we're like sheep awaiting for the slaughter. But despite all this, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us enough to die for us. King James says, uh, all we, uh, it says that, uh, that uh, we're like sheep for the slaughter. But he says, nay, in all these things, we're more than conquerors. Verse 38, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't, life can't, the angels won't, all the powers of hell itself cannot keep God's love away. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, or where we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God demonstrated by our Lord Jesus Christ when he died for us. Now, some people believe that he's just saying he just loves us in this difficulty. No. Remember what he said? He said, in all these things, uh, we're, uh, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus. See, they not only tried to kill Jesus when he went to the cross. They did then, but he gave himself. But they tried over and over and over again and never were able to do it. There's no mountain that could be high enough that you cannot move and cast into the ocean. There's not any difficulty that you might be facing. It makes no difference. What matters is what we're going to do. You can just simply take Psalm 18 and say, Lord, there is a reason Psalm 18 is in there. And there's a reason that when I read it, it says me. That's because that book works for you. 
God loves you as much as he loves David. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you by your stripes we're healed. Lord, we also thank you that uh, uh, you take care of us financially. You supply every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. David said, and it's just as though we say it too, I've been young and I've been old and I've never seen myself forsaken. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. I've never been begging either. Praise the Lord. You're taking care of us. And Lord, if we are faced with any kind of difficulty, whatever it may be, we'll do what David did. I'll call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. So shall we be saved from our enemies. If God be for us, who can be against us? Well, we thank you for it. That didn't leave anything left, but Lord, to tell others, as you told those yourself, go tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, amen, 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 amen. Amen. Really?